Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello, how are you? It's Daryl, and welcome to episode 66 of Cage Rage, a Nicholas Cage podcast. The podcast in which I, your humble host and guide Daryl Edge, take you, the listener, on the journey to true Cage Nirvana, which is, well, obviously the highest form of being, achieved only by getting as close to the golden hog of Hollywood as possible. That's one Mr. Nicholas Cage by watching all of the greatest actors of this generation's movies. Hope you've been well this week, uh, coming off the back of um, some good cinema in the past week. Obviously saw Pig over the weekend, saw Candyman just the other day. Um, obviously we're going to talk about Pig briefly at the very least. Loved it, thought it was amazing, want more of it. Um, and I also won a a Pig bundle from Neon as well. I won a Pig t-shirt, a Pig apron and a wooden spoon. It's got a hole in it, um, apparently you use that to measure pasta, but I call doubt. Um, we're going to quickly get into this week's episode though, because there's not that too much else to ramble on about. Because uh, this week I'm joined by my other half, Kim. Um, I finally coaxed her into joining me for an episode. Um, and while the crudes is very briefly touched upon, it's really um, sort of a little chat between ourselves, you know, and how Cage has affected our lives and other such mush, um, which is the way I'm choosing to remember this episode. Um, it's different though, it's fun, I really enjoyed it, I hope you enjoy it as well. And to get all the admin out of the way, you can follow the show on Twitter at Cage underscore podcast, on Instagram at Cage Rage Pod, and you can find me on Linktree, there's all the links to all the various streaming platforms, um, such as Amazon, Google, Spotify, um, Apple, Podchaser, Stitcher, Deezer, iHeartRadio, TunedIn, and Acast, of course. Between all of those, you can find me all across them's their places. Follow the podcast as well and give it a rating if you so can. It really helpful, helps the podcast grow. Um, but with that said, let's get right into the episode. It is episode 66, The Crudes, with Daryl Edge. And it's only bloody kid, isn't it? Enjoy. So 2013 is actually wrapping up this week with the animated caveman comedy, The Crudes. Now this week, Cage voices Grug, the patriarch of the crude family who must lead them on an adventure when a new cave blad boy person arrives on the scene and wrecks his shit right up. So joining me on the journey to True Cage Nirvana this week to see if The Crudes is a mood or just plain rude is my other and better half, it's Kim. Hello, Kim. Hi. <laughs> Hello, how are you? Yeah, alright, cheers. You? Immediately the northernness <laughs> came out. This is like, just cut the bullshit, you've seen me every day. This is the most pleasant conversation you've had with me since lockdown? Before? Oh, I thought you were going to say that from when you first met me, but that wasn't the reply either, I don't think. <laughs> we said I didn't have a polite conversation with you. No, I wasn't the reply. Oh, I was going to say, I thought I was actually no. quite nervously charming. Yeah, no, it was just me there in Northern, immediately, so... <laughs> so a nice audible nod there. <laughs> I suppose, you know, for the listener, this is Kim, who I've, you know, I've mentioned you 
in a few references in passing in a few episodes of the past. And once once upon a time, I think before I started this, I thought, oh, maybe Kim would like to do stuff with me whilst I've been fired. And that reaction says it all. They're like, no. I tried to teach you how to draw Nicholas Cage, but you refused to listen to my tips and techniques. And you shooed me out the room. That's what Cage would have wanted. <laughs> That's as far as we got on our Cage adventure together. But a year and a half later, <laughs> the adventure has picked up again now. Um, and I think this is this is exciting. This is really the first time um, I've had like a one-on-one with someone in the same room. It's not been over a Zoom. This is exciting, groundbreaking, new stuff. And I suppose really for the listener, because I always like to ask people um, about their history with Cage. Um, and I know I make it sound like he's kind of like the boogeyman who's under our beds and stuff. Um, I suppose before I ruined your life with it, did, were you really were you a Cage fan before before I <laughs> made you into one? No, I knew like of I mean like who doesn't know like who Nick Cage is? Like obviously I knew of him and I'd watched a couple of films. Um Ghost Rider was one. I used to watch it with my dad quite a lot when I was younger. Um other than that, I mean like I'd obviously watched the Croods before but didn't realise Nick Cage was in it. Uh, and same for obviously Kickass as well, but I think apart from that, that's that's my run. That's not bad though. <laughs> that's not a bad run. There's worse runs to have. There's still people out there who are completely blind. I've had guests on the podcast before who the film I've watched with them was the first Cage film they'd seen. I feel like I've we've watched a fair few together. Um, oh, Ant Boy as well. I also watched before. I watched that with you as well. Um, but you know me, I always look for a kid's film, so probably watched quite a few if he's done any other voicing for kids' films. I'm all up for one of that. But we watched one of the early ones together with Samuel Jackson in, which was okay, but obviously for this time now, extremely racist, but... Mm-hmm. Um, and then we've watched a fair few together since. I was thinking about this, which ones I've... I mean, there's been someone I've just watched on my laptop next to you, and, and there's been some I think you've watched with me, some you've dipped into. So there's Amos and Andrew that we watched with Samuel L. Jackson. Uh, Raising Arizona you watched with me. Oh, I liked that one. Yeah, that was quite good, actually. I did like that, yeah. Raising Arizona. That was good. We should watch that again. And I was... We watched The Outbully together. I remember we watched that in bed. It was like 11 o'clock at night. It was far too late to be watching The Outbully. Um... Fine. It was alright, I enjoyed it. Um, I'm trying to think if watched... Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse we watched as well. We've watched Mandy. Yes, and The Colour Out of Space, yeah. Mandy and The Colour Out of Space. We've definitely we've watched more than I thought we had. Did we watch National Treasure together? We or... did watch National Treasure together, yes, because I'd never seen it and you were absolutely furious about that, especially because it was Disney as well and I love a Disney film. Yeah. Um, and... Yeah, and then afterwards I was like, no, it doesn't live up to the hype, does it? And you were, again, absolutely furious. <laughs> and then you said, well, I guess you're not watching the second one with me, and I went, absolutely not. I've become very defensive of him, especially <laughs> since doing this podcast. Um, you know I mean? There's not, there's not a lot of things that I'm, you know, truly, deeply, authentically passionate about. Uh, but Cage is up there. Wrestling. It's one of them. You, Cage, <laughs> wrestling, the cat... Um, who you've 
who for listeners have probably heard him screaming in past episodes. And if you can hear noises in the background, that is him running around. We've had to leave the um, office door open where I usually record. Otherwise, he would be screaming to come in. Doesn't, doesn't like it if neither is uh, accessible. No, he does love accessibility. He's I, very needy. I think lockdown's made the situation worse, especially with you always being here, like working from home. I think he's just got too attached to you now. More than he already is. I don't know, people seem to naturally quite like me though, so I think he's just got got him right in on that. Um I was thinking as well, um actually no, I've read I've read something earlier, just like the headline of both animals that apparently it's been bad for animals over lockdown as well, but there's something like animals getting depressed that their owners are back all the time. <laughs> yeah, to be fair, I think the cat's been more of um why are you in my bed? Like, why are you on my bed? Like, why are you here? This is my space. Please leave. Um, more than anything. But I think he's appreciated more having you around than me. Uh, because obviously he absolutely adores you. Whereas me, I'm just the person that kind of feeds my morning situation. And that's that's my deal with him. I'll give him some treats every now mm. and then. But if he has a choice over either of us, he will 99.9% of always come to you. Well, I like that you left a 0.01% for yourself. <laughs> well, it's just, you know, them times where, like, sometimes he will just come and sit on us and then you are absolutely furious at it. And I try not to laugh because I know if I do, he's definitely going to get up and move and he'll lay on me for about five minutes max and then he'll realise he's laid on the wrong person and then move back over to you. I just inspire a certain brand of loyalty to my brand. Um... Although that being said, I think the one grievance, which I don't think I've talked about in the podcast yet, that I do want to wear with the um, with the boy, as we call him, our cat, Kit. Um, I think I've mentioned this before on the podcast that I, I suppose I should say now, used to have a cardboard cutout <laughs> of, of Nicolas Cage, which was, you know, a great gift from Kim for last year's birthday, my 29th. Yes, yeah, so it didn't even last a year. <laughs> it didn't, just shy of a year, about 11 months served, maybe 10 and a half it's this big sort of life-size cardboard cut out. Cut out. I mean, a lad's coming out. Um, it's probably like, what, 6'1", six 6'2". Six it's quite a tall cut out. As the, um, like the stand on the back of it, um, sort of wooden, well, sort of cardboard flap to like prop it up. But where I'd had it as really as a backdrop and never really moved it, the cat would just keep lying at the base of it. Why he started doing it, I don't know. He, had, he he chewed it at some point. You may see like tiny little teeth marks around some points of it. But systematically, and I think he's done this maliciously because he knew it was taking attention away from him, he's used his body weight to crumble the stand, uh, take away the support, and then one day it just folded like... You know in Rasen Shin's game, Nakamura against the ropes does that thing where he bends back on his knees. Yeah, he's like... It's Shinsuke Nakamura on me. And now it's just... It's just sad <laughs> to look at now. Yeah, I mean, your birthday's coming up, so treat yourself. I know. I mean, I'm not. I'm gonna be honest. I'm not expecting um, another cage cardboard cutout to be coming. Although, if it, I wouldn't say no to it. That or a Danny DeVito. I want the Danny DeVito though. That's like the one that I wanted. But I mean, that's the life size one's not gonna be very big. The Danny DeVito. I think I'm going to be taller than it. It'd be just bigger than the cat. <laughs> <laughs> the cardboard cut out for that. 
Um, I did I did really enjoy it though. It's just a, just a shame because I can't. I'm about to sort of turn him away and just face him against the wall like he's on the naughty step and he's just turning away. Might blare a witch and put him in a corner just sort of facing it. Well, I propped him in the windows to try and scare him, but you moved him. Yeah. I suppose I've not mentioned Ian for a while on the podcast. I used to trash him all the time. I think like during lockdown when he was here all the time, it was easier to trash him, but now that he's back at work, it's just still very annoying and still a prick, but just not as often, I guess. Because <laughs> I didn't realise until you mentioned the other day that he, he plays a guitar. I'd never heard him play it before. Yeah, not very often and not well. Um, but he always has the door open while he does it too. Like he's he was he's wanting one of us to go out and yeah. say like, "Oh, you play guitar," and ask him if he can play Oasis Wonderwall because that's the song that everybody can play. That's part of the Northern application, isn't it? <laughs> play Wonderwall. And I, I I get the feeling in my head that he's probably seen me as like, "Oh, you must be part of some kind of band or something." Or maybe I'm just being too arrogant. No, you look like somebody that would be in a band. You look like you'd play like piano or bass. You're yeah. long and gangly, so... Yeah, I'm really, like, nice, spicy, fruity, kind of gangly piano lad. Mm. You've got, um, like, long fingers and big hands, and usually pianoists have them type of hands. They can reach all the keys. It almost sounds like you're just describing a predator. <laughs> <laughs> just the way you describe it. <laughs> long, gangly, Long, gangly, hands. if anything, just immoral-looking. If, <laughs> if immorality was... Given physical form, this this demon that I've taken <laughs> that I've taken into this rented accommodation with me. Um, actually, complete side note: the other one. I don't know if you watch this with me. The other you want about um, animated cage films, which probably Kim Bait, um, a good animated film. G Force with the guinea pigs. I know. I did watch that. Yeah. I did, did you Did you watch yeah, that with me? Yeah, I did watch that. Uh, I also kind of watched the one. That was with the witch. With the uh, oh, season of the witch. That, I've got yeah, that one. that's the one. Yeah, I dipped in and out of that. I think I was on the switch. Um, um, while you were watching it, the switch was better than the witch. <laughs> I could probably put it that way. I think I was playing Pokemon, so probably yes. Yeah, I think you know not to go back to the season of the witch episode too much, but. Pokemon on the Nintendo Switch is much better than Season of the Witch. Although I did have the guy from like Misfits now, I think that's why I was kind of intrigued, because I was like, oh, it's him. Oh, Robert Sheehan. Sheehan? Sheenan. That guy. Robert. Robster. Yeah. The Robster. <laughs> um, whose name I've <laughs> just completely blanked on there. Um, so now you've got a, you know, a better cage history than... I think. I think you've been watching just... More cage films. You could probably hear the cat. He's probably watched some cage films with us as well. Um, although I know we still we had that conversation that you'd not seen Con Air. Um, no, I've not seen Con Air. Did you watch Adaptation when I was watching that? Which one was that? That was one. There's like he, he plays twins. There's two cages. No, didn't watch that with you. Yeah, so I think we need to we need to cross some of the heavy hitters off off the list. Uh, for the listeners, you just pull the face to say we don't have to. <laughs> You know, we don't have to do that. Well, you've already gone past them, so you, it's not like you have to watch them for the podcast. Kim, for someone as nostalgic as you, I can't believe you don't want to go back to the past and uh, enjoy <laughs> <laughs> some of the greats. I mean, you like love Connor, but for me, no. I mean, you, 
I feel like it's just the same thing that I have with um, like Top Gun and you know my nemesis. I don't know why he's my nemesis. I was. Tom Cruise, yeah. I was, you know, I was finding a way to bring Tom Cruise up. We actually brought him up a little bit earlier than I was actually intending to sort of wheel him in. Um, but basically to sort of shoehorn this in, um, for just reasons, Kim really does not like Tom Cruise, and I would, was looking to explore that. I hate him. I just, it's just got like, you know, one of them people... She's actually gone red. The people, like, when you just see someone with a face that you just want to punch, that's like Tom Cruise for me, like, I could... I think if I ever met him, I'd just call him a dick and walk off. Like, I wouldn't be, like, starstruck like I imagine other people would be. He's just a dick. Like, he just looks like a dick. There's <laughs> <laughs> just so much un- <laughs> unjustified bile, if anything. I mean, when... I think, to try and dig deeper, when did this... Was there a certain film? Was there something that he did, or...? I think it's just from, like, being younger and watching the films. Like, he's always just come across, like, just a... A bit of a prick, like again, like it just seems very self-absorbed and just full of himself, isn't it? I feel like you were made, you were forced to watch Top Gun at one point, and were like, oh fuck this. The only other film that I really remember watching him in was the one with Cameron Diaz on a bike, night and day. That, that I think that's what it's called. It sounded like you could have been describing any couple at a centre parks. <laughs> but I think <laughs> it was a couple on a bike. Didn't like it. It was a motorbike, but I think the night was spelt like um, night as in like soldier night kind of thing. But oh, like the silent K. Yeah, that that way. Good marketing, that. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, and it was terrible. And then... And from that day forward, you, you decided this guy... I mean, there's been too many like Mission Impossibles, aren't there? There's an, isn't there like another one coming out? Because I think the... they're filming it at the moment. Yeah, like I thought they'd finished filming it, but it was... They've finished off like a stunt scene in England somewhere. Yeah, well, somebody from I think this is what's annoying me even more as well. There's somebody from my work who I've got on Facebook that keeps like sharing stuff of the film and of him. Um, so you can't escape him, really. No, not really. Like Vanessa's doing a good enough job just to push him in my face even more than I want. <laughs> Shout out to Vanessa. <laughs> um, I don't say I don't. Remember the I think the Mission Impossible films were fine. They were they were they were are what they are. But I think what I like about Tom Cruise is that he's one of those people who just keeps turning up at like random places in England and people are getting photos with him. Um Kyle Minogue went to Barnsley, why is nobody talking about that? Like it was a big thing for Barnsley. What's the biggest thing that's gonna happen for the last and next one hundred years? I mean, we did get Peter Andre to open our Asda. That was I Sky of School for that. I've not heard this. <laughs> You've not told me this. I, so we Sky School, there was me and like my little girl group at the time. Um, All of you joined in your hatred for Tom Cruise. <laughs> you were called the Cruise Control because every turn up you are going to take care of it. You know, I might have to ask Becky how she feels about Tom Cruise. Maybe we can join a group. But yeah, there was me, Becky, Abby, Beth and other Becky. And we Sky School and we went to town to go watch the opening of Asda. And they had like the cameras there. And we got caught. And the reason why we got caught is because we're right at the front and the teacher saw us on the TV. <laughs> and they brought our parents. Oh, and we were there like in the mistake. school uniform and everything. How do you explain that to like, you, you know, your mum and like, obviously mum and dad get the call and they're like, we've, we've caught Kimberly uh, skipping school to go to the opening of a, uh, of a place with, <laughs> with Peter Andre. And then you just like, what's a 
Peter Andre, isn't it? I actually don't think they ever got through. So at this point, I'd have lived with my granddad. So they'd have probably rung my granddad and my granddad being my granddad wouldn't have had a clue what was going off. And it gets me confused with like all the other grandkids. They'd have probably thought it could have been Hannah or anybody. So I don't, know what, I don't know what a Peter Andre is, whether you keep calling me about Peter Andre. I can't remember exactly. Either that or I've got home and just deleted the message. But I was... Um, I was a star child, you know. I was a star child. I never got in trouble. Never got grounded. Well, I mean, until now, until this Peter Andre incident, which <laughs> oh, you've omitted for the past nearly seven years. Yeah, they know about it. Same for the whole thing about like. I'm saying I didn't know about it. No, you didn't know about it. I thought you did though. No, I'm sure you've not told me about. It. I would remember. I would, re- like, I know my memory's not good. I've got like a silly old. I'm nearly thirty. I've got a silly old brain. Um, it doesn't remember things. I remember weird things. Strange things that aren't useful to like me staying alive, like to my functionality as a human being, to my progression as a person. But I would remember the Peter Andre story. I thought I told you the Peter Andre story. Uh, yeah, it was when um, well, we must have been in about year nine, year ten, so two thousand and seven, two thousand and eight. What was I up to in two thousand and eight? What I've been. You've been at college. I was. I would have been either doing A levels, no GCSEs, maybe two thousand and eight. Yeah, I finished. Well, I left in twenty ten. So you'd have been in year eleven. Yeah, I would have been a fat big boy ruling the school. Uh, that's a loud noise. I've you... seen your pictures. Definitely were not. Give this an illusion on this podcast, <laughs> right? That I'm an absolute lad. Okay, and in how long have we been recording? Nineteen minutes. <laughs> you fucking shattered. You've shattered the uh, the mansion that I've uh, that I've created for myself. Um, Look, it was a risk bringing me on. I was committed to it. Yeah, I was never not committed to it. Um, I said the reason I was going to bring Tom Cruise up <laughs> and um, quote unquote shoehorn him in, um, which is talking about you know in relation to the Croods, which uh, you know as we've talked about this this is the first time I'd watched the Croods. You'd seen it before, and we'll have a little chat about that. Uh, but I didn't realise until I looked into it just how successful this film was. This did really well. This did really, really well. It's got quite a big, like, big names in that I didn't realise were in it. Like, I didn't realise Ryan Reynolds was in it either. And then when I watched it, obviously, um, again with you, obviously you can hear, like, the distinct voice. Like, massive. The first time I watched it, I was like, oh, that's a kid's film, sure, I'll watch it. I think I might have watched it when I was at uni, um, hungover, one of them days. One of those crude days, hungover crude days. I suppose, though, I think knowing you, you don't really watch an animated film for the cast, though. No, I just like kids' films. Just Big Disney buff yeah. over here. I suppose, though, when we were watching um, Into the Spider-Verse, um, we watched it on Netflix. It was a few months ago now. But yeah, you didn't realise it was Nicolas Cage until I pointed it out. It was um, Spider-Man Noir, Spider-Noir. No, I didn't, I didn't. But I, I think that's the thing, isn't it, again, with like, animated films is unless you look, or unless they've got like a really distinct voice, which I know like Nick Cage obviously does, you don't really look for the names or like, listen out for them. I just like a kid's film. I don't know why. I know I'm 27 and I probably should get out that phase, but they're really good mm-hmm. for when you're hungover. Hey, you like... You know, animated kids' films. I've got a Nicolas Cage podcast. We've all got our <laughs> crosses to bear. We've all got our skeletons in the closet. But it only took... What episode would this this be? Episode 66. But it only took 66 weeks, give or take. 
Well, need to actually, get you on this. I did say I would, was going to do National Treasure, but you gave me away, so I just had to leave and wait. Yeah, I'll, you... I'll edit that out to make it look like a really good, <laughs> good, good boyfriend. Uh, but you know, you know, we, you know, when one loses a National Treasure, one gains a crude. You know, as they say down the allotments. I think Catch had a preferred to do it with this rather than National Treasure because obviously I didn't really like National Treasure anyway. Thought it was a bit shit. It's it's kind of a strange one because a lot of people um, who don't always, I say don't always, who maybe wouldn't say this off are huge Cage fans. That's kind of one of the films that you like. You like if you're not a Cage fan, but you might like a Conair, you might like a National Treasure. I think that's one of his most accessible films. National I think, Treasure. I think my favourite that we've watched would either be Mandy or Pig, actually. How do we not talk about Pig? We've recorded for <laughs> like 20 minutes and we didn't talk about Pig. We literally saw it like five days ago at the point of recording. Um, but now obviously, obviously to touch on Pig, that being the most recent Cage film, that being... Um, it's got like 97% on Rotten Tomatoes at the point of recording, just come out in the UK... Um, it is pretty much the most acclaimed film of Cage's career. Um, I suppose I know we only touched on it briefly. I was kind of wanted to like hold back a bit because I knew this sort of recording was coming up. But like, how did how did you find Pig? Um, I actually really liked it. I mean, you asked me, and I went, "Yeah, all right." Which, you know, in my northern terms, is the highest compliment probably. When you asked for something like, "Was it? Did you like it?" Yeah, all right. That's a that's a very big compliment. Like I thought it was just you, but it turns out that is really a northern thing. Hey, yeah, it's good. It's all right. Yeah, oh, yeah it's fine. Yeah, yeah. No, you know, if it's I'm like meh, yeah, that's it's it's all right, I guess. But yeah, it's all right. It's like you have to listen to the tone, not the words. Yeah, like I was I was just trying to read you. Like, are you just trying to be nice and say that you didn't like it, or are you just trying to not hurt my feelings because we've we were out <laughs> we're out out for this. Um. But I'm glad that you enjoyed no, it there. I, I think liked it. a lot of people are enjoying it. I mean, you know me, I love pigs anyway. I mean, the fact that I told my family this years ago and since then I've got, I've had probably about 20 odd piggy banks bought, um, which is probably the reason we've well, actually never, probably never like noticed I mean, the reason why we've got so many like piggy banks in the house. I mean, to be <laughs> fair, in this room alone, there are at least five porcelain pigs. <laughs> Um, yeah, mentioned it once to my family. Um, they picked on that big time, and then since then it's just been a pig gift heaven. Um, our Lewis actually bought me like a little book that had micro pigs in, dressed in different outfits for Christmas once years ago, and I don't know where it's gone. I never kept it. Didn't intend to keep it. It just. Well, let's hope he doesn't listen to this and find out that you just. <laughs> you... I think. Auntie um, Kim just binned it. Yeah, my grandma got me one of the teddies that you put in the microwave as well, and it's supposed to like, let off a smell, but you're only allowed to do it for so long, because then it gets mouldy, and that was a pig, and I think I used it twice, and then I was scared that it had mould going inside it, so I got rid of that too. Um, I had the squeaky pig that our Terry got me, I had the thing that we threw away literally last week, that kept all my cotton buds in, that when you lifted the lid off, it made pig noises. Oh yeah. Yeah, that oh. thing. I forgot. It never made a noise though, did it? Yeah, it used to like literally only be like. 
It did it like three times. Yeah. But it just went very, very faint because, yeah. And then my sister also bought once bought like a toy um, pig that sits in a teacup and I left that at uni. I never intended to fetch that back either. I looked like an absolute psychopath at my first year at uni when my room was just filled with pigs. <laughs> I looked like... Dick. <laughs> 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 Trying to think how many pigs there are still. I mean, there's at least five in this room. Um, Dad bought me the piggy bank for Christmas. Oh, you the three-tiered yeah, one. you've got the three-tiered piggy bank. That's technically eight. <laughs> um, I, to be fair, actually, I do quite like that piggy bank. Um, is there a little one in here? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, to be fair, I do like the white, the white and black pig. I do like that one. That is probably one of my favourites. Um, I'm not so f- much of a fan of the glitter pig because the glitter gets everywhere. I also am not very much of a big fan of the green one either. Um, and then there's like real life like little pig thing that is also a piggy bank but it just looks like an ornament. But I do think my favourite one is probably the one downstairs. Like the three tiered one. I suppose that's just a lesson in just never giving your family hints because they will absolutely run with it. I remember when I was... Uh... I want to say around the ballpark 10, could have been younger. I don't think it was that much older. I think I tried to get into football for a while. I was never really committed to it. Um, I made a passing mention to my mum once that I was into Man United. Um, and then when we used to live in like a, a flat, I had Man United wallpaper, Man United lamp. I had David Beckham duvet and bed set. Um, a few years later, she got like a David Beckham aftershave. So if you wanted like your Beckham needs fulfilled, then I was the guy to go to for a certain period of time. I definitely had some Man U shirts for a while. Never watched a football game. Couldn't <laughs> have told you who was in in the squad. This must have been around around two thousand. Because I remember getting like a a Man United like little book that had all the players in. It was such great, you know, the classics like Ryan Giggs, Paul Scholes, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. At like your mum's house in your old bedroom, there was definitely still some Man United stuff. Cause I have seen that before, and I did not think it was yours. I don't know who's I thought it was. I thought it was probably one of the things that you've just acquired along the years, and you've just kept. <laughs> I fooled you. <laughs> um, so I think what I've I've now just replaced it slowly but surely with Nick Cage stuff. I got the sequin pillow cover, which we don't really oh, yeah. we still don't really have a cushion for it. Yeah, cause Mill bought you that. Um, I've won that gift set from Neon for Pig. I've got the T-shirt, which I'm wearing now. I've got an apron, a pig apron, and a lovely wooden spoon with a hole in it, broken. You've got the Nick Cage colouring book as well. I've got the Nick Cage colouring book. I've got the um, uh, the book by Lindsay Gibb, which is a nice little book. There is another book coming out, but it's been pushed back to next year about Nick Cage. Um, the Nick Cage T-shirt that Petros did from the Caged In podcast. Uh, a print that he did as well, an enamel pin badge. You've got the Con Air top as well. The Con Air top, obviously, um, and the art print there that it was um, Alexander Jackson did with the nine faces of Cage on as well. You also forgetting the most important Nick Cage thing that you've got. Um, my joy, the no. garble cutout no. one. What am I forgetting? The thing that I made you for Christmas. <laughs> you forgot you lit your profile picture is it your profile picture on facebook still that picture 
on Christmas Day. Oh shit! The 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 sweater, yeah, that you hand knitted. Oh my god! I didn't hand knit it. No, I embroidered. Well, embro- hand, hand embroidered, yeah, I should hand say. Embroidered. Um, I was no, it's just because I've not worn it for so long because it's been so warm. I think all my sweatshirts and jumpers were just out of sight and out of mind. I spent hours on that as well. You did. I feel awful. <laughs> I'm gonna have to edit that out as well. God, I'm just absolutely embarrassing myself <laughs> on the record so so far. Um. But no, I think I think let's uh, go back to the uh, Tom Cruise thing because this did so well in the UK. Um, it was number one at the box office when it came out in twenty thirteen. It was uh, March twenty second in the UK and USA that it came out, so almost ten years ago. Um, the Olympus has fallen in the US, quite a good film, and Jack the Giant Slayer in the UK, which the name rings a bell. But I think I, I think I would have been in my second year of uni and thought, fuck it, bollocks, nah. I'd have been in my first... I oh know, I'd have still been at college in March. Um, I started in 2013. So yeah, I'd have still been at college. Yeah, I was having a look at sort of what was on the box office at that time. Because it did better here slightly than in the US. It was at the in the UK number one for about three weeks. And then the Tom Cruise film Oblivion knocked it off about on the fourth well, week. I mean, so that prick's got enough money, hasn't he? He doesn't need to bring out any more films. Just unnecessary, really. Um, but I suppose looking at Disney as well, um, a fair few awards nods for The Croods. It was nominated for Best Animated Feature at the Academy Awards and the Golden Globes, but lost that both times to Disney's Frozen. I remember that I always had a massive obsession with Frozen, like the film, um, when it first came out. And we got it in for Christmas. And we watched it, I think, three times that Christmas period over two days and I know all the songs purely because of that and now if you ever bring it up he will act like he doesn't have a clue what you're talking about and he definitely does not like that film well, he never has done teenage boy now you can't admit that you like Frozen no he's 13, 14 now a 13, 14 year old Barnsley boy yeah can't admit that you like Frozen as as my my real bugbear I've not seen it but I you know I worked at a toy store for a few months as a Christmas temp and it was just frozen 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 couldn't get it off. The plane all like obviously the the kids songs on the um, store radio. Frozen was on all the time. Never seen the film. Absolutely hated it. I mean, I love a Disney film, but Frozen is not one for me. Um, I've actually preferred the second one, and I only watched that just just to see. Basically, I've watched the first one. Thought I might as well watch the second one. It was on Disney Plus, and I'd prefer the second one. So the only Frozen I prefer is The Frozen Ground, starring Nicolas Cage, also <laughs> released 2013. Um, so 72% of Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, this fucking smashed it at the box office. It made uh, 587.2 million at the box office. This was a really, really big hit. Um, so, so DreamWorks... This was a critical film for them as well, because they had Rise of the Guardians that came out the year before, which rings a bell. I think there's an owl in it. The Rise of the Guardians is the one with like the different... Um, so there's Jack Frost, and then it also has like, the Easter Bunny, and it has like, Santa in. Is there an owl in it? Did I make that up? I think you might. There's like, the two fairy and stuff. It's all about like you know the... I guess like the holiday things. Um, and then I think it's a Sandman. Is in that as well, and then it's the October some... owl. Is there? There's got to be. I don't think there is an owl. You know what? I'm just going to say there's an owl and commit to it. <laughs> um, 
If everybody turns on you and says, no fucking hell, you idiot. I know, I've said before, I don't claim to be a film buff. I'm just an idiot who made a Nick Cage <laughs> podcast and committed to it. Um, but this this owless shambles of a film uh, didn't do well at the box office for them. So because it was so bad, they had to let 350 staff go as a result for company-wide restructuring. It was almost going to happen, but the crudes did so well um, that it went to became one of the highest earning periods in the history of the company. It was, at the time, the sixth highest earning film of the year. Um, so they were very, very happy with it. I'm so, obviously, with COVID as well, pushed the second one back, which... If they've still got screenings, we can go to the second one now. That'd be exciting. I think they have, but I think they're only at daytime for like the small children's. You know what I'll do? I'll do it for Cage. I'll go see a, a, a child-friendly screening of The Croods too. It's been out for like a month, though, so I think it would have died down. Might just be us if we go now. I will not go to a child's one. Please. <laughs> <laughs> I, can't, I can't go by myself. You know, the times we live in. Oh, an early Sunday morning, half past ten film. Yeah. That's, I think that's pretty much what it's going to be. Yeah, I can imagine that being the case. But the writers and directors of this, now the names not mean, might, mean, might not mean too much. There's uh, Kirk D'Amico and Chris Sanders. Uh, Kirk, of course, you'll know from Space Chimps, uh, the classic Space Chimps. Uh, but Chris Sanders, though, he wrote and or directed a number of big Disney films, including your favourite, Lilo and Stitch, uh, a lad in the Lion King. He also wrote and directed I think, at least the first How to Train Your Dragon as well. Um, so Chris Sanders, when it comes to the behind the scenes of animation films, um, very very big deal. Um, so the fact he was on this really sort of definitely elevated the project. I mean, he's brought out some bangers on it. I mean, you know, just How to Train Your Dragon, Lilo and Stitch alone for you. Yeah, well, I mean. Lilo and Stitch isn't my favourite. It is in my top ten, but it's not my favourite. You should know what my favourite is. He bought me it on Blu-ray. Well, Alice in Wonderland, if we're talking about, you know, physical media. Well, for the sake of the podcast, your favourite <laughs> is... I'm not getting three things wrong. Absolutely not. Not happening. No, I would, it's definitely in my top ten. And then uh, Lion King is obviously always a good one. But How's Strange Dragon as well is up there with one of my favourite kids animated films too um so you know there's he's chris sandy is responsible for a lot of bangers um i don't think he or actually a lot of the cast here in this worked on the prequel netflix series called dawn of the crudes um which is another like similar voice actors that they got in for it which um it's kind of a mixed bag for me because if nick cage had voiced it i would have been obligated to watch 52 episodes across four seasons to give my thoughts on Dawn of the Croods as well. Are all of them on Netflix? I know that is the show on Netflix, isn't it? Mm. But is all four seasons on there? I think so. Could be wrong. Could be wrong. Um, but you imagine that they'll probably bag Croods too when it comes out. It'll be on Netflix at some point. Well, they did, because they did um, a How to Train Your Dragon series. Actually, they did two technically, but one was really, really badly animated. But the other one had the same actors uh, and everything, apart from... Um, Gerard Butler he didn't do the voice acting in the series but everybody else from the actual uh, film was in it and that series was actually quite good I think they did like three or four seasons that was quite, it was a decent I remember you watching that yeah it was actually really nice um, fun to learn about more about the dragons I enjoyed it, it was good it's a bit of world building isn't it 
I think I've seen it's a prequel series, which kind of just is the build up to where we sort of start on the Croods. Just seems like a lot of stuff where they deal with neighbours. Even then, they're like prehistoric Ians that they had to deal with. So, billions of years later, there's always an Ian, unfortunately. There's, there's, Ian's died, but ours is still knocking about, so. I think, I think, you know, to sort of segue into the film, I think we both look at Ian the way that Grug looks at his mother in law in this film, just, (laughs) just (laughs) trying to, trying to kill her. Um, but as I said, for me, this was the first time I saw The Croods, watching it with you last night, give it a little renty rent. You'd seen it before. Um, did you enjoy it the first time that you saw it? Yes, I did. I did enjoy it. I did think it was a good film. Um, and actually, when did you first see it? Did you see it at the cinema or like, did you... No, I was definitely hungover. I think it must have been my second year because I remember being in that freezing cold room with the in the house that the windows didn't attach and... The house next to us was converted and I had that flat right next to my bedroom. So I ended up coming and just practical living with you. And I remember being sat there in my fingerless gloves and my hat and my dressing gown and my cardigan because it was that cold. Really, really hungover. And I was just looking on Netflix. I think I was trying to watch Adventure Time and I'd run out of episodes to watch that was on Netflix. So I just needed something like a kid's film just to kind of fall asleep to or just mong out to and I actually ended up watching the whole thing and being really invested. And I think I got a Chinese, I think I ended up texting my dad asking if I could borrow a fiver from his bank card to order myself a lovely Chinese. For a fiver? Yeah, they had a deal on it like one of the um Chinese down in Southampton. It was like prawn toast and then noodles with chicken in for a fiver. Jesus, why did I not know about that? I can't remember which one it was, don't ask me which one, but yeah. Oh, I was going to the wrong Chinese's, clearly. We live around the corner as well from each other. I know, but there's a lot of places to eat, though. So, I, to be fair, though, in university, I was just living off pasta. Either, well, there was three variations of pasta. It was just plain pasta, just plain pasta, pasta with beans, or pasta with salt. Oh, lovely bit of pasta with salt. Um, my, and I won't go into the dirty details, but my. My guts were not well for a long time. If anything, they've not recovered, and it's been about it's been years. I think when I first met you, which was six and a half years ago, probably a little bit longer actually now. And how quickly I, were you concerned? Well, the fact that you wouldn't even eat beef, and the only thing you would eat was chicken. That was the only meat that you would eat was chicken. And I remember saying that I was going to make something for us, and you was like, "Is it chicken?" And I was like, "No, it's beef." And you like, "I don't eat beef." I was like, mince, and you were like, yeah, no, I only really eat chicken and pasta. And I just thought, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like, why do you not, why do you only eat chicken? And I think it's taken six and a half years, but now, now you eat fish, sometimes. Not all the time, not all fish, but you will eat a bit of fish now. Yeah, I used to be really vanilla, but I'm a right Neapolitan of a man now. Really? I'm strawberry and chocolate in many respects, so. A bit of pork? A bit of pork, um, <laughs> fish, pork, eggs, all the staples. I'm eating them now. You'll be having venison in a few weeks as well. Having maybe. venison as well. Maybe, well, maybe. You still kind of seem a bit off put by the venison. But right, I'm willing to try it. I'm willing to try it. Pushing the boat out. And that is committed to record now. <laughs> this is on the record that I'm willing to try it. And I will update as and when it's been eaten. 
So I guess you could say in many respects, I was a caveman. I was a modern caveman. Um, yeah. I was, you know, all but masturbating myself into a frenzy. <laughs> met you, took my hand away, <laughs> and then I, then I ate eggs, and now I'm here. Um, but I, yeah, I think with this, I, I didn't know if I'd enjoy this or not because I think I'm, you know, I'm. I wouldn't say a stand for Pixar, but I'm maybe slightly more loyal to a Pixar animated film. I dabble into a DreamWork every now and then, you know. Um, I don't obviously, think you're just a big animated film, like Disney film, um, sort of person. Anyway, although when when we first met. You were like, yeah, I love Disney. I love all the films. And I'm pretty sure you just said that just because you knew that I like Disney. And then I asked you, like, ages afterwards. And I was like, yeah, but you like Disney. And you were like, no, I don't. I really don't. I was trying to get laid. What can I tell you? Clearly. I was a piece of shit guy trying to get laid. And that's... And it worked. (laughs) High five, high five, high five. We went to go see... Well, no, we we were supposed to go see Big Hero 6. And we didn't. We watched it at my house instead. We watched a lovely double bill of Big Hero 6 and Evil Dead 2. Uh, one of those films you did not enjoy. No, and I actually thought that you were going to leave my house at like 3 in the morning to go home because of the comments that I made about Evil Dead 2. I was close. I was <laughs> very close. Um, but before we start digging up that can of worms, um, like I said, I didn't... I wasn't expecting to enjoy this as much as I did. I think this is a pleasantly surprising film. Um, I suppose with DreamWorks, as you may or may not know as well, obviously from 20 years ago now, Shrek, which Nicolas Cage was originally supposed to voice Shrek once upon a time before Mike Myers had it. So they kind of designed Grug with him in mind. Um, and I thought Cage was very good as Grug. Um, we've got all of his, his um, lovely his growls and his screams, like his caveman. I think the first bit of dialogue is him screaming. And I'm like... Right, okay, I'm in. Yeah. I'm invested. Yeah, I did think that, actually. After I watched it with you and he started screaming, I was like, I should have probably picked up that this was Nick Cage just from the screams because he seems to do it in every film. Yeah, he's been known. He's been known. I think because he's just an, an actor that marches to the beat of his own drum. Um, and he, he's his own style of acting, you know, he's... Not interested in he can do realism. Like we've seen Pink, you know he can do realism, but I think I he, didn't know he did a couple. He did some screams in Pink. He kicked the car, and there was a bit more of a gutter one where he stole that bike. Yeah. Went, oh! Yeah. Which was Cool. I I do think every single Nick Cage film that I've watched with you, there has been a scream. I think that's kind. I think that's in the same way that any time I've walked in on you watching any Amazon series, there's been a <laughs> I've, I've walked in on a sex scene. You know Outlander what? Actually, yeah, I was about to say. You know, I was like saying to you that um, with Outlander lately, it's just been a bit beige. Not really much going on. There was a great sex scene today. That out of, nearly on a window, and I was actually more scared that she was gonna fall out the window than anything else. But that's a sign that you're getting old. Well, that was when you're looking at the health and safety of a sex, a sex. Fucking, hell, I'm so old. I'm such a boomer. Of one sex, <laughs> um, but you know, like like Grug says, it's the fear that keeps us alive. So it's the fear of falling out that window that we've really had you in that moment. I mean, it wasn't me that was in the window, but 
No, you're in the moment of watching it. I, I mean, I don't. You know, I'm not in window. I'll pause the recording and have a bloody word. Um, well, obviously, as you said, with the with the family, we've got um, uh, Eep, the daughter, voiced by Emma Stone. We've got uh, Ugga, uh, Grog's wife, by Catherine Keener. Thunk, the son, who was Clark Duke, um, who's also in Kick-Ass as well, which we watched together. And the grandma, Cloris Leachman. And we had uh, Sandy, the feral child, who just seems to be credited to Randy Thorne, who did the sound design. So maybe just got a child and awesome sounds and it was like... Might have been similar for what they did for Winter's Inc. with Boo and just kind of followed a child around for a little bit. Hmm. You might be able to hear like Ian saying goodbye to some fucking neighbours next door as well. If this was the prehistoric era and there was like a volcanic cataclysm and he asked me for help, I wouldn't do it. Yeah, me either. No. That spaghetti bolognese that he made as well did not look great. No, Kim was just watching him at the bedroom window making spaghetti bolognese. <laughs> just so creepy. So, <laughs> look, look, lockdown has affected us all in different ways. You know, we've had to, we've all coped. So don't don't you judge us. Don't you judge how we spend our time. You're listening to a Nick Cage podcast. Don't you judge us. Um, so we've got uh, we've got the crude family, um, and I I think as well. I think all the, the the family were very sort of distinct. They had their own personalities. I found myself liking them all in different ways. I thought there'd be one that like oh I'm a bit like don't like you as much as them, but I liked all of them equally. I found and I did find I I did as we said earlier. I really liked the recurring joke that Grug really wanted um, Gran to die, his mother-in-law. Yeah, every time that something was mentioned or he was counting numbers and she was missing, just the smile on his face and then when she appeared, just the absolute like distraughtness of it. <laughs> just like, oh, fucking hell, she's still here. So you know when they wrote this, um, something, something for the men in the audience as well, <laughs> something for the men to really... Uh, Excuse me, I'll cut that out. Um, something for the men to really uh, latch on to as well. I think my favourite one was, and this is after they've met um, Guy, who's voiced by Ryan Reynolds. He's a bit more of a modern caveman. He's got the inventions. He's made uh, the umbrella. He's teaching sort of the family how to swim. He's got the little this horn signals, and they're kind of talking about Grug when he doesn't where he's kind of like hiding and listening, is like, well, Grug's never had an idea. Uh, and then the grand says, if he has a, uh, a single idea out of his head, I'd die. And he just looks at the camera and smiles and slinks away. <laughs> that was my favourite one. And he set himself to try and come up with as many ideas as possible. Did you like his ideas when he was... I swear this is kind of one of the threads of the film that, you know, um, Guy is leading them towards, as he says, leading them towards tomorrow because they're kind of... I guess quite literally stuck in the past um, and he's leading them towards this sort of fable tomorrow and it sets up the tension between uh, Grug and Guy because he's very jealous that all the family's warming towards him. But he, has, he comes up with the wig. <laughs> um, he calls it a rug because it rhymes with Grug. Because <laughs> it rhymes with Grug. Um, I don't think he names it. He comes up with effectively the selfie. Yeah, he calls it a snapshot. Um, because they smash themselves in the face with a rock and some flour on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are the ones? He comes up with a, a few other ones. The ride, which was the big stone. Um, who to like, run on it. 
before then it goes into the tree. Um, I can't remember any other ones. I just um, remember the son saying, oh, I want one of the rides. Good old thunk. Um, oh, he does that, he's got that catapult one as well that launches him into the air and he gets electrocuted. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, which I kind of... I kind of feel like that. That's if you put me in a room with like a pen and paper for like an hour. That's kind of what I come up with. A catapult. You'd have a lot of little doodles going alongside of it. Yeah, I would just doodle. But I'd probably write the word help a few times. <laughs> so I, I'm saying, under the circumstances, I think Grug did quite well with the uh, limited materials that he had at his disposal as well. Um. I think I, enjoy, I think I enjoyed just how kind of fluidly this was animated as well, because I kind of wasn't expecting it to be, um, I guess, as visually pleasing as it was as well. Yeah, like the environments and stuff were really nice. A lot of detail went into them. Mm, so as, as as an art teacher, I see CGI probably not your thing, but... I would have done like digital stuff, and um, I did a very, very short animation course at uni. Um, not for me too time consuming takes a long time to like do things but um it's interesting it takes a lot of work to like go into it and i think a lot of people don't really realize how much sort of work goes into an animation until you actually look into it a little bit more or do something regarding it um and then especially as well to do like digital art and things um and coloring and shadows it, it's the same as like any art form really, it's practice and it takes time to get used to it and get it right. Mm. Um, I think the end result though was, was very good. I think the the opening scene though was, I think what I liked about it, it's, it's, it's a film that moves, it's got a good pace to it, it doesn't really lull, there's not really many lull moments in there. Um, I like the start though when they're all sort of working together as a family unit and hunting, because I was... Um, like they're all so fast. They're all such speedy boys, it's boys and girls. Yeah, I think probably wrecked. Yeah, I know. I know we were saying like they've got no shoes and they've got no feet. <laughs> they've got. <laughs> they were like, filthy constantly, weren't they? They did have little filthy little feet. Um, but again, that's like something else that obviously the animators thought about to make sure it's included and that you notice. I did one thing I did like was the hair movements. Um, especially to say that obviously this was done nearly 10 years ago, the way that the hair moved was quite good. Um, the textures of the hair as well were quite good to show that they were like frazzled. No conditioner back then, no soft hair. So would have had a... I mean, if, they, if you, you know, very much a first world problem, but <laughs> how long do you think you could go before you're like, I've, I've got to condition? My hair's not that bad. Actually, that's a lie. Now it's bad. Since I dyed it blonde, oh, I say dyed it, bleached it blonde, now it's an absolute mess. But when I was my natural colour and brown, it wasn't actually too bad um, because I don't do a lot to my hair. Quite boring. Stick it up in a bubble. That's me done. So it's actually in very good health. Oh, you'd have been fine in the prehistoric yeah. era then. Yeah, I'd have been very. Such a northern response <laughs> Yeah, fucking a saber tooth tiger comes at me. What are you gonna do? Kill me. <laughs> um, you would have been fine as a caveman. Well, cave no, Northerners are just a different breed. When... <laughs> I thought you could say, no, there's our cave people though, really. Uh, well, 
I mean, I've been to Barnsley. Yeah, I was going to say, like, you've, you've been to Barnsley, like, you've walked around town centre, you've seen what it's like. I'm not going to act like it's a decent place. Yeah, I saw when the sun came out, you all looked into the sky and screamed, you went, back in cave, back in cave. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, you know, you know, the more things change, the more they stay the same and all that. Um, but I... I I think what I will say though is that you know obviously watching the film um, it definitely made me intrigued to watch the second one as well um, sort of see you know how it sort of continues and what the next part of the story is with them um, I think I liked all the different creatures that they had in there obviously they're all kind of fantastical mishmashes of creatures um, kind of like chimeras kind of all invented and because you've got that um, I think the only real creature that they had was the sloth. Was um, no belt. Was belt uh, belt the sloth belt um, that guy carries around with him, because they had that basically cat dog lemur, that double Siamese lemur that was joined at the tail thing. Oh yeah, the little mousy thing. Um, there was Douglas, the sort of crocodile dog thing. Crocodile, crocodile dog. <laughs> Crocodile. Um, there was uh, Chunk, which was like the little saber toothed tiger with the big head, the green one. Yeah, the one that reminded me of the boy. Yeah. He was a sweet little Chunk. It was the two little fangs like our cat has. He does have, he does have those little fangies. He's tiny little fangies. Bite that he's got. Um, and I feel like there was. I think those are the main ones because, you know, they all get sort of saved at the end. There was the other cat at the start as well. Um, oh, the big one that was sort of chasing them. Yeah. I don't know if that one got named. Oh, and there were the weird dog things as well, like the ones that look like kind of, I guess, what you'd class like hyenas now, like just kind of stupid looking dogs. There was the white one and then there was, like at the start you saw them. Um, when they were trying oh, to get the egg. Yeah, when everyone was trying to hunt the egg. It was kind of like, just like wacky races at the start. Yeah. Oh, there was a big bird as well, with the teeths. Um, there was like those piranha birds as well. Oh, yeah. I think those actually had a name, because I made a note of it. They were uh, piranha keats. Oh, that's cute. Um, I just called in my head danger birbs. Yeah. Um, yeah so there was the whales with legs as well. And the turtle birds too. Yeah, it was a really, yeah, like a very Dr. Zeus-esque um, sort of taking all the creatures and stuff, which I like to kind of added to sort of the um, sort of the, the strangeness and the unfamiliarity of, oh, excuse me, of the world that we all had there. Um, then obviously when, when Guy comes in, he's um, he makes them all like sort of Ugg boots as well, and you get it because Ugg, it's a noise that they make. And there's the brand. Uh, <laughs> she gets it. She's on the level. Um, I liked the little montage because they keep him um, captive in a log for a while because he's just trying to tell him, like, oh, like I've invented fire. Like, fire's good. It's like, he's captured the sun. Look at this tiny sun. Um, when there's the montage of him making all the inventions for them um, and Oak's just, like, fighting the rain and I was like, that's a thing that men do. <laughs> Fight the elements and try to make a big deal out of nothing. Just go out around Leeds on a Saturday night and see all the drunk lads. Fight anything. 
Yeah, I think it's it's one of sort of the funny parallels, just that you just you, you sort of think like, oh, well, we've got like mobile phones and we've got technology and we've got like driving vehicles and all of this, but then you think you get a bit of alcohol in someone and you really descend into absolute primitive, primordial self. Um, it's like caveman DNA doesn't really go away, you know. Especially in a lot of uh, northern men. Yeah. Um, From my experience, anyway, living in the north, living in the north, living in the cardboard north. Um, yeah, I can, I can, I can definitely see that. I mean, yeah, it is. I think a lot of people in the north is just Game of Thrones, <laughs> and it really is. It really is dragons and all sorts, dragons and Tyrians and your first wedding, the one that you went to. Yeah, ten dead. Great time. <laughs> Made it out there with the uh, by the skin of motifs. Um, I think there's one bit that we were sort of talking about as well is when the when they f- decide to follow Guy and they're all just getting really angry and just like hangry. <laughs> and you looked at me and was like, "Is this is is this what it's like when so you're with me and my family?" And I just I just didn't say anything. And I just said anyway, wasn't it? it definitely, it's like my family. Um, just all talking over each other, just very loud. Just, yeah. All the animals were, like, plugging their ear holes, which is what I imagine people do when we're out and about because we're so loud. And I feel like you are definitely like guy in that situation where you just wanted to escape. <laughs> but you just had the girl there that you couldn't get rid of. Yeah, so the, you are the, the powerful ape to my guy <laughs> who, um, you've, you've trapped me in a log. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I've tried to disappear with uh, my belt, the boy. Um, you're like, <laughs> no, I don't think so. I don't think you're going anywhere. You're stuck. Um, with me and my very loud northern family. With my caveman, caveman family. <laughs> you're not going anywhere. Um, you know, lots of parallels to real life and uh, <laughs> and our life. Um, I think a lot of this film is just kind of their cross cross country adventure when you know their cave is destroyed and the journey towards this mountain where tomorrow is. I did like that. Um, is it Chunky the cat with the with the big teeths, um, who is kind of like a this recurring nuisance to Grug and keeps beating him up basically, which is sometimes what the cat does to me. Sometimes <laughs> having a lovely little scratch under the chin. Next thing you know, that's another scar on the arm. Um, so I can I can relate to Grug. Um, you know he's like, he sort of says you know I can't do inventions but I can do big lad things like yeet people. And I asked you you know if at the end would you yeet me to safety? I think you said you'd probably yeet me into the volcano <laughs> rather than away from it, which is fair. I think I said I'd save the boy first. I noticed how you didn't add that you would also save me. <laughs> You'd save the boy me. as well first. Yeah, but then we would have to discuss, like, oh, would it be me or you? That's gonna have to... Yeah, but then we'd be like, oh, well, he likes you more, so... I was like, and why haven't you thrown me yet? <laughs> and we go, yeah. And now, what about now? I would say, you're too big. You're a big boy. I can't throw you. You're six foot odd. I'm tiny compared to you. I'm six foot and odd. How rude. <laughs> Can you believe this? I always get it wrong. Six four. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I guess I'm a pretty big boy, you know. <laughs> By a modern standard. I'm 5'8". 
You tower over me. So for that reason, because of my genetic height, I should throw you. Yeah. That's your story and you're sticking to it. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't know what else you want me to say. I don't go to the gym, I'm not strong. Neither do I, I'm just tall. I'm just good at reaching. <laughs> and I'm not good at that, so... You, you can throw me further because you've got such long arms. Whereas I can only throw you a very short distance. I think you're really overestimating my strength. I, I don't have Grug level strength. You can pick me up, I can't pick you up. I could probably tell a good Grug story <laughs> where everything ends with someone dying. It's like a Libby improv on Twitch. It usually ends with a death. Um, That's how you intend your fur. You have to go. That is that is the working thesis that um, I just gig as Daryl turned 30 and then he died. <laughs> That'll be my Grug story. That's also what I want on my headstone, by the way. Daryl turned 30 and suddenly died. Like Logan's rum. That's um, that's the way I want to go out. Just, just die. But I have said this before, and in the same way that Grug invented it, if you can um, invent a catapult for me, and as I've said, that's the way I want to go out. I want my corpse to be yeeted into the sun. Yeah, but it's not going to go to the sun. It's just going to land somewhere. And as I've said before, Kim, when I'm dead, it'll be in the will. It's my last... Will and Testament, this is what I want. It's then a you problem. What if I go before you? Well, that's petty and spiteful, <laughs> isn't it? To die before me. Well, I mean, if you're planning on dying for your 30, I ain't got very long, so... you got, like, three weeks. Less than three weeks. Just, oh, no. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Don't do that to me. It was three weeks on Tuesday. Yeah, I would like the... Um... Maybe get the piranha keys to just tear me limb from limb. <laughs> That'd be nice. Or a, a chunky. I don't know. I think he'd be, you know, the boy cowering with me in like a dark cave. And then it's the metaphor of um, going into the, the tomorrow, but tomorrow is actually the 30th. And then I'm on that lovely beach like they are at the end. And I just, just turn to dust. Like, <sighs> well, I mean, I hope not because all your birthday stuff's for after your actual birthday. Well, you didn't think about that, did you? No, I'm just going to have... I asked you when you wanted your party, and you told me the 18th. I fooled you again. <laughs> I was like, well, Dad was supposed to turn up, but he just... He just died. Like, he just he just died. It's like, but everything's paid for, so... We've still oh, kind of got to be here. Let's just drink anyway. You'd say, like, it's what you wanted, but it's not. I wouldn't want any of you to drink. I'd want you just to sit there and, like... I'd be like, who's up next for beer pong? Unless you just systematically <laughs> just smash all the guests. Hey, I I think I'm now free for free. I'm the last time I played beer pong. Three games, three wins. So that, that's your caveman skill that you're bringing to the table. Yeah, that's pretty much all I've got. Beer pong or... Actually, I could, do, I could do the cave art. Beer pong and cave art. You can do the caveman decorations, the cave art, the little hand prints, the hand paintings. So, you know, make up a lovely cave. Wouldn't that be nice? Beer pong table in the corner, just some little doodles on the wall. Beer pong corner in the cave. There's doodles in the cave. Uh, there's a nice flaming stick or two so you can see what you're doing. There's story time in the cave. Be some nice inventions in there, like some stilts. Um, a little stilt walking, spinning some like cave plates. Well, for me, not for you. You're too tall as it is. Um, well, as we established, I won't be there. I'll be dead. 
Um, obviously, the cave will have to be shut. You'll say no adventuring outside the cave. That's where bad cats live. No, bad is, cats live outside the is cave. Is this to the boy? Is this who I'm speaking to? Because if you've gone... He might be speaking to the cat. I don't know. Maybe he's trying to get in and claw at everyone because he's processing his grief. Unlike you, who's partying. Oh, is this for your party? Okay. I thought this was just like in general, like after you've gone, I just live in a cave. Well, you just decided just to give it up and just move to the wilderness, yeah. live in a cave. I'm just like, I can't afford the house that we live in without Daryl, so that's it. I'm done. I'm going to move into a cave. Like in, like how you've just gone along with the, the absolute fantasy that you'd move to a cave. But the only furniture is a beer pong table. As long as it's closer to work. Saves me a 50 minute drive every morning. Well, so you'll still have your car, but you're living <laughs> in a cave. Sure. Uh, well, don't say sure like I'm the idiot. You're, you're the one going along with this absolute schizophrenic <laughs> fantasy. You're the one that's left me in a cave. I'm dead. Don't blame me. Don't speak ill of the dead. <laughs> it's not there yet. At the moment, it's just <laughs> imagine if theory. I imagine if I died and this is the last episode that goes out. <laughs> I was gonna think I've definitely killed you. Oh yeah, I'll I'll probably edit like a secret code in. It won't be me. It'll be the cat. He attacks you all the time. Well, you know, in twenty twenty one, in the prehistoric times, this was just how it was. Life expectancy was short. You never know what was going to happen. You might get eaten by a big cat. There might be a fire, there might be a volcano that would take you out. Might just get cold. You might just get the common cold, or your neighbours would get crushed. Fucking let Ian do the right thing and get crushed. (laughs) That'd be quite funny if that happened. And if Ian dies, everyone's going to blame you. Well, for crushing his house. Yeah. You'll find a way. An invention. What access to things do you think I have? Just turn with a JCB digger, like, ah, smash. Oh, Daryl, what are you doing? Shh. There's the weird shed at the bottom of the path. God knows what's in that shed. He just keeps all his garden bits in there, like his fountain that he brings out twice a day. No, not Ian's, the one at the, the alley guy shed. Oh, I've been in that shed, I've told you. He's got just bikes in there, like scooters, bikes, collection of alcohol. And said his bike's worth like 12 grand. I don't know why he showed me. I think he was just showing off. <laughs> I didn't ask him to. Do you know his name or do you just still call him Alleyman? I'm sure it's Keith. It's not called Keith. It's definitely not called Keith. He's got big Keith vibes. <laughs> I know his name. I'm wondering if you know his name. Roy. It's not Roy. <laughs> Is he the owl from Rise of the Guardians? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's just called the owl. Roy the owl. <laughs> He's like, oh, Daryl, oh, you might recognise oh. me from Rise of the Guardians. He doesn't know your name. I don't think he knows who you are. Apart from you showing his motorbikes, do you? What, so you just... If... Ian forgets your name half the time. Because I'm not respected by fucking <laughs> boomers. They can smell it on me that I vote left wing. He's called Jamie. Nah, definitely Keith, you're having me on. It's called Jamie. I'm just saying, with an attitude, like, between your attitude and these fuckers that we call (laughs) neighbours, I'm the only one who would have survived the volcanic cataclysm of prehistory and made it to tomorrow. How? What do you mean, how? (laughs) You can't fucking do anything without me. How dare you call me out? Like, I've... I can do big steps, so it'd take me less time to get to places. How would you eat? What would you eat? Dirt. 
<laughs> I would eat dirt. And I'll be sat over the road with a nice meal. Oh, so you're, you're just going to attack like the giant chicken things and the giant birds. Yeah, and I'll cook, I'll cook that really nice roast that they had while you're sat at the other side eating some dirt. Yeah, mine's sustainable though. <laughs> Nutritious. Nutrients from the soil. <laughs> I'm not the idiot here, you are. <laughs> I'm not for eating. You're eating literal dirt while I'll eat a chicken. Look, I'm not the idiot here, though. You just don't get it. You just don't get it, Kim. You just don't get it. I'm sorry. Like, I'll be going through the jungle, and I'd make peace with, like, those boxing chimps. You know, the ones that beat Grog up. Mm-hmm. I'd make peace with them. Become their king. I was about to say, we'd just not join them. We could easily fit in. Unbelievable. <laughs> Unbelievable. There'd be a, a, a wonderful alliance and beat you up, let the chimps to push you around, and I'd be clapping, going, Yes, again, more. Um, that sounds like you've gone into Jungle Book rather than the crude. Hey, I know what film I watched. I was there. <laughs> and what about with like the monkeys stealing people? Yes, well, not people per se. I wouldn't get into human trafficking in the first year. <laughs> Uh, that's that's really a year three expansion. Um, but, you know, start small, so just local crimes, really get yourself established. Year two, I'm talking murder. I'm just talking a fucking crime wave. An absolute just assassination skill uh, activated in these chimps. Really, you know, dive into their, the DNA, the bloodlust. So you've gone from Croods to Jungle Book to Planet of the Apes now, pretty much. I'm not just diving from like chimp tangent to chimp tangent. I talk about the chimps in the crudes. They didn't seem that bad. I don't know what film you were watching. They <laughs> beat a man up. You can harness that power. Power houses on it. <laughs> no. I don't even know what to say, do you? You've just got that on a big. Like monkey tangent. Reaching for a phone and pressing nine 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 as we speak. My <laughs> boyfriend's an app my boyfriend's a madman. I've known that for years. Don't yeah, just get around. I'm, I'm, I'm a year and a half ago when you came to me and said I'm gonna start a Nick Cage podcast. Kim, I've been fired. <laughs> I didn't I had a lot of free time. To be um, fair, it wasn't as bad as the time where you'd just moved to Leeds. And you were waiting to start your job, and every day I'd come home, and you'd be sat in the same position, just further along on Twin Peaks. Good show. Didn't have a clue what was going on. Do you remember my theme tune? No. I, I definitely pushed that back to the back of my mind. I had just started my teacher training. So I've done this for people at work, and at least three of them found it funny. I don't remember. Obviously, this is on your basis that you know what the Twin Peaks theme is, but it's like, Twin Peaks, Twin Peaks, Twin Peaks. There's at least two peaks. Statistically, one of them's evil. More than one peak, but not as many as three. Twin Peaks. Twin Peaks. She is smiling. I swear to God, she's smiling. <laughs> I don't have a clue what you're 
To be fair, I definitely must have pushed that to the back of my mind. Um, I definitely sang it for you. It was a very stressful time for me, that time of year. Start my teacher training. Didn't have a clue what I was doing with my life. And I come home when you were just watching Twin Peaks. Loving life because you weren't at work. Honestly, my favourite place... Not physically, but I guess in metaphorically speaking, is is not working. Uh, you know, as soon as five o'clock hits, favourite time of the day. I mean, I'm not going to lie, six-week holidays. Oh. Give me the teacher, by the way. It's great. Six weeks off and just straight. I miss Sometimes being furloughed. Sometimes you get seven. I miss being furloughed every fucking day. I really do. I just wish, I just wish really, there was, there was, there was more time in the day for... Uh, for Nick Cage adventures, you know, this puts 2013 to bed. This film, you know, good year, good year for Cage, The Frozen Ground, Joe, The Crudes. Um, after this, I'm about to go into 2014, and let me tell you, Kim, not good, <laughs> not good. It's a bit of a shit show in 2014. What's in 2014? We've got Outcast, we've got Rage. Um, it's in two films with the word Rage in it. No, he hasn't. Ignore me. That's the name of your podcast. <laughs> Thank you for remembering what I've been doing for the past year and a half, Kim. That's really, really, um, really cool. That was a very slow moment for me. Really though. cool to know that you are. Uh, it's 10 o'clock, nearly bedtime, isn't it? Um, and then there's one called Left Behind, which is um, debatably one of the worst films ever made. Uh, it's a Christian film about the apocalypse. Sounds like Smutton Cruiser being. Just let it go. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, you're not you're not technically wrong. Um so I think to sort of wrap up here, because we've been nattering away for about over an hour now. What would be your sort of um I guess your final thoughts on the crudes and I suppose Nicholas Cage, because there was you said something last night, you're like, you know, since watching more Cage with me, you said that you've come to appreciate him a bit more as an actor. So what would be, I guess, in closing, your final thoughts on the Croods and your final thoughts on Nicolas Cage? Well, the Croods are just a good, I guess, film all around, not just like a kid's film. It's got a lot of humour in that I think could go for adults as well as kids. Um, and he's got Ryan Reynolds in as well. He's always a good shout. Has Ryan Reynolds made any bad films? He's probably done a lot of romantic comedies that aren't. Great, but so did Matthew McConaughey for a while. Yeah, well, everybody likes Ryan Reynolds, so... Now, if somebody doesn't like Ryan Reynolds, there's something wrong with them, rather than me not liking Tom Cruise. So, And regarding Nick Cage, yes, I, I will admit, I did say that last night. I guess he's just got quite a bit of diversity for what I thought. I think especially after seeing Pig has definitely kind of made me... So I've appreciated a little bit more after that. Um, still screams and everything, but when he screamed in Pig, it wasn't, didn't seem kind of as, I'm trying to think of like the right word. I guess not jokey, but kind of doing it in, I don't think he tries to do it in a comical way, but it comes across comical. Whereas in Pig, it actually was more dramatic and it was effective rather than it just being stupid. And I think that's why I kind of just appreciated it a little bit more. Just his range that he's got. I think after watching Mandy as well. I did really like Mandy. It was a really good film. 
So a lot of films of his uh, recent years started turning you a bit to the man. Yeah, I do actually think it's, it's probably his more recent stuff that has turned me. So I think I said you liked Raising Arizona, you liked Mandy, you liked Pig, Into the Spider-Verse, of course. So, like I say, he's an eclectic actor. You never know what he's going to do next. There's a joy in the unpredictability of Cage, um, the choices that he makes, and that is always memorable, really. Um, I mean, he's definitely well-known. I mean, there's, I don't think there's somebody that you can't go up to and say, like, do you know who Nick Cage is, really? I think a lot of people would say, the majority of people definitely would be like, yeah, Nick Cage. As they should. <laughs> As they should. You might get that one person like, who's that? I don't know who that is. And then you'd absolutely just punch him in the face. No, I wouldn't immediately punch them. <laughs> there would be dialogue in between the assault and my subsequent arrest. It'd be like, punch, what? Punch the fuck? <laughs> punch, do I'm you not, mean? <laughs> I'm not punctuating, literally punctuating. Um, there is, like, <laughs> we need to have a conversation. Like that Arthur meme with like the clenched fist. <laughs> That's just me in the background with gritty teeth, like what? <laughs> come to come to me right now. Um, but it's, I think if nothing else, it's good to know that the past sixty six weeks have been um, beneficial in the sense that they've made a convert out of you. Um, Unfucking believable. <laughs> Get in there. Get in there. Get in there. Oh, and I'm smashing my drink everywhere because I'm. So bloody enraged. Um, but we're getting there, which I suppose a bit of progress is better than no progress. If he carries on making all. more films, like the recent ones, then yes, but I'm not willing to sit and watch everything that he's ever done like you are. I mean, I absolutely applaud you for it. You've got a lot of patience. Especially to sit through all the shit ones too, but... No, this isn't a pick and choose. I saw your jaw clench then when I said the shit ones too. Why don't you, why don't you fucking speak up when you talk <laughs> shit about him? Huh? Like I said, I appreciated him a lot more lately. Well, I guess it's better than nothing. I'll get there. I'll it's get there. better than nothing. Um, but we'll keep we'll keep chugging, grugging away. <laughs> See what I did there. <laughs> See what I did? She liked it. She thought it was good. Um, but I suppose then that brings us to the end of the episode. Uh, I thank you, Kim, for finally joining me. I think we're going to go and watch Drag Race now, I suppose. Uh, oh, there's the new Witcher film to watch then. Sick. We're going to watch uh, Drag Race and or the new Witcher film on the old Netflix. Hashtag not an ad. Um, and we'll catch you. Next week, when 2014 kicks off, it's going to be a shit show, everyone. Strap in for that. Um, I mean, I suppose I'd ask if you have socials, but I know you're a teacher. Can you really, can you give them away? Or, you know, if you've got people to follow you anywhere? Uh, yeah, I think so. I mean, I'm private anyway, so probably not. So just follow me. <laughs> yeah. just, just, I'll pass yeah, on any... With, with the whole teaching thing... And get a lot of kids that want to look at your Instagram. Because the creeps. <laughs> yeah, we've all been there. <laughs> I was a teenager once. Um, just, uh, would have been Miss Felton for me when I was a teenager. Yeah, yeah you told me about this, yeah. Old Felty Felty, what a girl. 
Um, I assume... I don't know what ever happened to her. Never found her on Facebook, actually. 16-year-old me did look. To be fair, a lot of the teachers that um, I've got like on Facebook and stuff don't have their surname. They have their middle name. But I don't have a middle name. So I can't just go by Kim on Facebook. So I've got to put the surname in too, which is why I think the kids can find me easier. Because I know as well that I hate being called Kimberly. So it's just Kim Jones. And the kids type it in. And there's not many people with that name, so I come up fairly easy. I suppose it's a fairly common surname, though, so... Yeah, yeah. I was the original Miss Jones at my school. Especially, no. don't look for my girlfriend on social media, you fucking creeps, I'm beating <laughs> you up. <laughs> Pigeon chest you and everything. Um, but on that threatening bombshell, uh, <laughs> this week's episode comes to end. It was a nice, lovely, different episode, and I very much enjoyed having you in the presence of this office... Um, <laughs> brilliant, brilliant Northern ending. Um, so we'll catch you in the next one. But until then, keep on, keep on caging. It's all you have to do. Thank you. Take care. And a goodbye. <laughs>